confidence. What is it? Have you lost it? Maybe you found it. Would you like more of it? Do you actually need it? The fact is, we do all struggle with confidence at some point in certain areas, but not in others. And this is perfectly fine. However, is your lack of it holding you back from your dreams? In this series, A Question of Confidence, I'm going to explore what it means to some and how it shapes others. Is finding it a journey of self-care and self-love, or is it as simple as faking it until you make it? Come with me on this quest for confidence. So welcome to this very first episode of A Question of Confidence, and I am so excited to introduce my first guest. She is super interesting. She is not only a lash artist and educator, but she has just launched her coaching business, and she is all about being raw and honest on the gram. Her Instagram, if you haven't seen it, is just so fabulous. Go and check it out. She's in fact got two now, so check them both out. She is just here to share all of her candid, deepest, darkest thoughts about confidence and whether you need to fake it until you make it or whether there are some other secrets and tips up her sleeves. I am delighted to welcome Tress Larson. Hi, thanks for having me. It is lovely to be here with you again. I I think that it's such a great Um, a great concept that you're presenting to the world. And it's something that people have struggled with forever. And it's not, um, confidence isn't something that that necessarily magically appears to you one day. You don't just show up one day and, and go, okay, now I have the confidence. And it's such an important topic. Thanks for being here for it. You are so welcome. And also confidence, if you break it down, is, you know, your confidence about, you're confident about some things and not about others. I can be confident that I can brush my teeth effectively, but I can't necessarily be confident that I can step out on stage and wow the crowd. (laughs) Right, right. It's so funny. I had somebody contact me just the other day. It's a good friend of mine. And I was talking about um, being confident in your body and like loving yourself how you are on Instagram. And she messaged me and she's like, you know, the first time I met you, I thought you were the most confident, pulled together, elegant person I had ever met. And while that was a lovely compliment, Mm -hmm. I was able to come back because she met me at a lash training. I was able to come back and say, I'm so thankful for that compliment. It's really interesting that when you see somebody who has an element of confidence in a particular part of your life or their life, you assume that that is the way that they carry themselves and and that's the way that they approach life in everything that they do. And it's not true. When she met me, I was going through a confidence crisis, but she found me in a place that I was confident because I knew how to teach lashes really well. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to connect with students. And it's, it's crazy how we can just assume that somebody's confident across their entire life when we only see one facet of it. Absolutely. I do think that, um, Instagram, for instance, is getting a little bit better. The narrative is 
seeing through the perfection of Instagram. I love the fact that it's becoming more mainstream, that there's the Instagram versus reality posts. And there's the, this has all been photoshopped. And girls, this is not how you have to look. This is look, look at my cellulite, look at my post baby body. And isn't it wonderful? And all of that. So there is more chat around the whole kind of body confidence, because that is just so debilitating, particularly to women, but not solely obviously and that whole body confidence that you just spoke about is is a real kicker well it's something I fought with my whole life you know I mean I think most of us have if we're being Mm -hmm. honest with it and becoming confident in in the skin that I'm in on a daily basis has probably been a 20 year long journey you know and I, I can finally show up and and not necessarily be excited (laughs) about all of the parts of me, right? But I can show up and I can know that I'm confident in the space that I'm in, that I'm worthy of the space that I take up, and that that it doesn't have to be about all of these tiny little things because Mm -hmm. I am so much more interesting than the body that I'm in. Yeah, And I, I didn't coin that phrase. Like somebody else said that and I took it and I can't find where it came from now, but it's so true. It is true. And if only, you know, we could fast forward into our, our, our self 10 years, 10 years down the road, because guaranteed in 10 years, I'll be looking at photographs of myself today and be thinking, I so wish I looked like that today. And yeah. that is every decade you'll be thinking about, you'll be thinking that. The, so we need to love those photographs of of us today because in 10 years you'll be thinking holy hell I wish I looked like that today of course it's interesting too because one of the things that has helped me so much with body confidence is making myself look at the pictures and talking to myself a very specific way about them Mm -hmm. Because it's so easy for us to look at pictures or look at a mirror and immediately tear it apart, immediately Mm. focus on like, well, I don't like that part of my stomach or I don't like my arms or I don't like this or that of my features. And instead, look at that photo and force yourself to look at it and go, you are loved and you are worthy of love and your body is beautiful and it does everything that you need it to do every day. And it is the only vessel that you have to get around this life in. So start treating me better, right? And it was something I've actively practiced for years is is looking at the picture. And instead of picking it apart the way I want it to be better, I actively do the opposite. Mm. And it's gotten to the point that I can look at pictures now and I can be neutral about them. And that's fantastic. That, that is, is like great. Progress, right? That is progress. And also, I just think that we are so, that narrative that we can get into, stuck into that tearing yourself down, as you've mentioned, it's, if you said to your best friend, the things that you say to yourself she wouldn't be your best friend for very long, would she? She'd tell you to do one. So why should you be allowed to say those horrible things to yourself? It's so true. And I think what's happened is we've learned to allow these thoughts to come in unfiltered Mm. for our entire life. And the fact is our thoughts are not who we are. And most of the time in these circumstances, our thoughts aren't truth. They're just stories. They're yes. There's no evidence. 
So, so, <laughs> start, so start changing the story. You have the power to change your own story. So let's yeah. just start rewriting, <laughs> rewriting the stories. That. We met at Lashfest London last year and you were speaking, as was I, and you, you did brilliantly, but you didn't find it easy, did you? I mean, no. talk me through, because we had a chat at the time and you were like, oh my God, was that okay? Because this was happening internally. Did it show? Yeah. Okay. So I can get on stage pretty regularly now and feel, feel very confident about it. The first couple of times I did was nerve wracking, right? I knew I was going to get up there and speak about the things that I knew about. So I had an element of confidence. You weren't asking me to get up there and like do an entire narrative on cats. I wouldn't have been able to do that, <laughs> right? But I know deeply what I'm talking about. So so that was good. That was okay. I got up there. I'm pretty sure I blacked out for a minute. Um, like everything just went dark. <laughs> I uh, I got up there. And it was, it was hard to see the audience. And, um, I started talking into the microphone and the speakers were behind me. So I could hear myself talking. And I was like, I had never experienced that before. Mm -hmm. I was so distracted by the sound of my own voice. I felt like I was speaking in slow motion. (laughs) Okay. And then I completely forgot my opening line because I had two different topics. One was on uh, perfectionism and and the difference between perfectionism and striving for excellence. The other was on the mega volume technique. And I had this like great way to merge them together. I had been practicing the line all morning. And I was like, I know how I'm merging these two topics. And it was perfect. And it was gone. Like... (laughs) It was out of my brain completely. I did not have it written down. And I just kind of started stumbling into my talk. What was extraordinary is I felt like I was going in slow motion. And later you told me you felt as if I had taken your class because my my speaking was like slow and steady. And I was yeah. like, I didn't know what I was doing. It was slow. And, no, not slow. It was perfectly paced. It was okay. me- it was measured. And what it actually did in slowing down what you were saying, it pulled us in as your audience. And it made me believe that you were really considering what you were saying and that you were meaning every single word because it gave you time to um, use those lovely power words, you know, emphasizing the right words that you wanted to get your message across. So it was absolutely brilliant in terms of pace. Pace is the big killer for most people's presentations. And you you inadvertently nailed it. <laughs> I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And that's something, if I slow down for a minute, mm-hmm. that I need to work on because I have a tendency to get like fast and excitable but when I hear you speak and your cadence is paced like that, it's it's wonderful and it's easy to listen to, right? So what was happening in my head, though, was the reason it sounded like I was being very intentional about every word coming out of my mouth mm-hmm. was because I was actively searching for every word to come out of my mouth because there were none. Yeah, well, it worked perfectly because that is the point of slowing down what you say because not only does it give you time to breathe, but it gives you time to think ahead and think about what's coming, which is obviously what you were grappling for. And also it gives you time to just use all of those powerful words. So, And although you felt like you blanked for what was like three and a half minutes, it was probably... Milliseconds. 
That's so important to note too. I know so many people, especially people listening to this, so many people that I've talked to want to get on stage and want to share what they know. And the first response I get is, I want to, but I could never, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And and the fact is you absolutely could. It's just being willing to jump those hurdles of you getting in your own way. Right. Because yes, it felt like an eternity to me, but it was milliseconds. And if I let that derail me, well, I almost did. I actually, I asked, I asked the sound crew if they could turn off my microphone. Did you, and you actually had to go and have a lie down after that, didn't you? Because it like, I went and I I just went to my room for a few minutes and then like I took a couple deep breaths and I had a couple tea and I came back down and everything was great. (laughs) There's me exaggerating. I do like to exaggerate. (laughs) I love to be dramatic. It's it's not a problem for me. Um, No, I did go up to my room for a minute and I was just like, okay, breathe through it and go back down. By the time I got back downstairs, I was like, it's going to be okay if, if, I got up there and I only connected with one person. Mm -hmm. If one person in the entire audience heard what I had to say and needed it, then what I, I, then I fulfilled what I was here for. That is such an important point because you're the aim as a speaker is to transform. And if you've only transformed and changed one person, you know, that's actually pretty amazing, isn't it? That you can affect one person's life just by standing up on stage, taking a little leap of faith, feeling a bit cringy and a bit awkward for 20 minutes. But actually, what an impact you've had because that person needed to hear what you were there to say that day, which is amazing. It's an amazing honor. It is. It really is. And the cool thing that I've seen at conferences and at Lash Fest has been so many people who get up there and go, hey, guys, I'm nervous. I'm excited to be here, but this isn't what I normally do. I normally do lashes or teaching or products or whatever it is, but I'm here to share with you what I have. It's when you get up there and you are 100% honest mm-hmm. and you go, I'm just like you. Yeah. I just have the heart to share. Yeah. That I've seen everybody get off of stage and have people come to them later and go, oh my gosh, you did such a great job. Oh my gosh, I needed to hear what you had to say. Thank you for having the courage for getting up there and doing what you do. There has never been a time that I've seen somebody get off stage and everybody's like, oh, she's <laughs> out there. But the thing is, everybody is that they've paid money for their tickets to an event or what have you. They are on your team. They are there open hearted, happy and willing and looking forward to hearing what you have to say. They're not going up there with this closed mindset of, well, she looks like she's going to be a bit shit. You know, oh, gosh, you know, that's just not the way it works. They are humans like you. And you make a good point. It's really important to remember that they are just like you. And better still, if you can find a couple of friendly faces and make eye contact with them and, you know, that will help settle your nerves. And the other thing is to is to kind of think, I've got a big fat secret that these people need to know. And I'm going to share this with them. And you turn the onus onto your audience. This is about their needs. They are the heroes of the day. You are not the hero. You need to take your ego a little bit out of it and make it about them. And then it's not so much pressure 
on you. I think you said exactly what everybody needs to hear. Uh, you need to take your ego a lot out of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take your ego out of it completely. Um, and one of the things that I've been I've been working around lately um, in just like writing and stuff has been the difference between being a people pleaser and being a servant and having mm-hmm. the heart of a servant and wanting to serve others well. And um, when we are, when we're being people pleasers, we have a tendency to have extremely low confidence. We are very self-conscious. We just want to make everybody happy. And we, we want to make sure that like nothing bad happens because of us. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we take a different look at it and go, if I can put myself aside and I can focus on serving you well, then I don't have to worry about how people are thinking about me or how they're looking at me or if I'm doing something wrong because my heart and my intention is pure. I'm showing up to serve, Mm -hmm. right? So if we can look at it from a place of service and take our ego out of it, self-confidence it, it, you can look at it two ways. It either, it doesn't have to be about having the self-confidence to do it. It can just be about, I have the courage to do this because I know this is right. Right. Or we can look at it and go, okay, I'm serving. So it's definitely not about me. And no matter what I look like, doesn't matter. Okay. That's powerful. You know what I mean? Mm, Cause I definitely think I have a tendency to be a bit of a bit of a people pleaser just because of my background my childhood where there was a bit of argy-bargy to put it lightly I'm terrified of conflict so I'm a big appeaser of um you know situations because I want everybody to just be nice because I hate any kind of confrontation so that's where my tendency to be a bit of a people pleaser lies and you you're the same are you Oh, absolutely. That's, that's why I have so much to say about it. I tell people I'm a recovering people pleaser Mm. because I've lived so much of my life just trying to do what makes other people happy and avoids conflict. And it ends up creating so much more stress and so much more pressure. And to be perfectly honest, truckloads of anxiety Mm. because I just want everybody to be happy. But if I can take that out of the equation and go, hey, if I'm serving you well and you're not happy about it, that's something that I'm inviting you to explore, right? Okay, so this is their shit, not yours. Exactly. Like, it really is. Like, nobody put me on this earth and said, you are here to make everybody happy. No, you're so right. Yeah. But if I can serve people well, whether or not, that's something that like they want in the moment. It's it's like, it's like parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to tell our children no to certain things. We mm-hmm. just, we do. it's, it's better for them. It's safe for them. It's how they learn. So if we just people pleased our way through parenting, mm-hmm. and if we were just people pleasers for our kids, right, they'd be little monsters. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I don't want to, I don't want to do the same thing for the people around me and just placate them and be like, oh yes, like I just want to keep you happy all the time. Oftentimes as people pleasers, we end up miserable and we end up anxious and we end up depressed. And I have been through all of that for an extraordinary period of my life. Um, And I still find myself in it. And, And the difference is, is just me continuing to remind myself I'm here to serve. 
and and there's a there's a strength in that that we don't always have with trying to be the just the peacemaker. But it does say in the Bible, doesn't it? Blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> it does. It does. No, I'm not saying that being a peacemaker yeah. is bad by any yeah. means. I'm still that person yeah. for sure. Yeah. But um, but sometimes sometimes n- knowing that service is the direction I'm going in gives me more confidence to have more strength. Like to like it gives me more strength to have more confidence is what I meant to say. You also talked about um, having courage. And this is something that I share with my students all the time that, you know, actually what you need before confidence is courage, because it is in doing the thing that scares you, you are organically going to gain more confidence little by little, the more you do it. If you don't do it, the confidence with that thing will never come. If you have the courage to at least give it a go, you'll be so happy that you gave it a go that your confidence will organically just drip, drip, drip feed into your psyche. And before you know it, you're feeling more confident. That's so true. I just, I don't have... I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> like I, that's just so, so beautifully put, you know. And the power, like, you talk about practice as well, which I also am, a, I, I think practice is, is the key. So you have the courage and then you just need to do the practice. And the yeah. power of practice is it doesn't become so scary anymore. And you, you talk about practice quite a bit, don't you? Oh, all the time. Um, and not just in my lash career, you know, I talk about practice for my students, um, but I, I talk to them about it in, in many regards. Like, yes, you have to teach your hand to, to create a, something with a new technique and that takes time and practice, but so does learning how to talk to your clients. And so does, you know, gaining confidence. Like the, the biggest thing that I, I usually talk about practice with outside of, of learning a physical skill is how we talk to ourselves. Mm. We have to practice it and we have to know that it's not just going to change one day, right? Maybe one day we'll wake up and we'll find that we are changed, but it's only because we've practiced little steps bit by bit that are strung together. So one of the things that I've learned in coaching that made such a huge impact for me, um, well, from being coached, is, is the concept of making really tiny moves towards wherever you're going. And those tiny moves, if it's, if it's for confidence, right? If your 100% goal is to get up on stage and and speak to a crowd and and feel good about yourself while doing it instead of your knees knocking and mm-hmm. you know then that's your 100% goal but that's not just going to happen one day so how do we break that down into something a little bit more digestible right so if we break it down to a 10% goal what would a 10% goal be maybe a 10% goal would be going live on instagram yep right and if that still feels completely terrifying to you, break it down to a 1% goal. And maybe a 1% goal is showing up and posting on Instagram yeah, and showing who you are. And if you can do that, uh, like 1% goals done over and over and over and over again equals that 100% goal. And it's just these tiny little steps that we can take every single day. And that was life-changing for me. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. Right? Mm. 
Yeah. As long as you're moving forwards, mm-hmm. if you want it, if you if you want to step on your ultimate hundred percent goal is to stand on stage and speak. You're certainly never going to get to a hundred percent by just hiding behind your grid picks and going, "I want to, but I could never," as you said. Yeah. Just take those baby steps. You will be amazed at what you are actually capable of doing. Start with your stories. They're live for 24 hours. What actually is the worst that could happen? Yes, I know you'll be torturing yourself, probably trying to watch it back and end up deleting it. But I always say in this one instance, actually do post it and ghost because you'll start getting bits of feedback. People will say, hey, I saw your story today. You're looking amazing. Or I loved what you did there. Or you're so funny or whatever, or keep it coming or just send you an emoji. And just that bit of engagement is going to give you a little bit more courage to take it into the next time. And it's those baby steps. It doesn't really matter what they are as long as they are steps. Right. Right. So, yeah. So confidence on, on stage for me, definitely started with confidence on Instagram. Right. And I was so terrified of Instagram when I started it and that I, like, I didn't even want an Instagram account, but I had to have one because I I just knew Mm -hmm. I had to have one. Mm -hmm. So I hid behind pictures for the longest time. And I started, I started seeing that people like were taking a very clear like viewpoint of me. And I was like, wait, that's not me. Like, I'm not, I'm not like a picture perfect, got it all together. Organization is like one of my weakest points in life at this point. And I'm working on it. Um, but, but I didn't have it all together and the things that I was showing looked so perfect. And I feel like that's what a lot of imposter syndrome comes from. Mm. And so my, my encouragement to anybody who's looking for confidence would be first to show up organically, not to show up trying to look perfect or trying to rival or match the people who you like look up to. Mm -hmm. And I was called out on it the other day. Like I got on and I did a post just recently and I was like, okay, I've had it come to my attention that my Instagram looks like too perfect, too intimidating. To me, it's a mess, but that's in my eyes, right? So I started sharing the things that went wrong and the things that I didn't do well. And what was so cool is my confidence was built with people showing up and going, I'm just like you. I understand. I've been there too. And it was wild because because my confidence and my um, my courage grew and my confidence grew the more I showed real things. It wasn't the opposite. It wasn't like, look at what I can do. Look how good I am. Now I'm confident. That tore me down. That gave, that gave imposter syndrome, right? So so that relatability, people relating to you built your confidence. And I think there's so much power in being vulnerable and you talk about showing up as perfectly imperfect. Yeah. I think it's so important. I came from a, a place in the lash industry where everything was a mess, right? Like (laughs) when we started doing lashes, like everything was wrong and we still thought they were beautiful, right? Um, (laughs) It it came to this place within about 10 years that the standard was perfection. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be good at this or make anything of my career, I have to be perfection too. 
in, in, in my job and in the skill set that I have. And it was extraordinary because like, obviously I'm surrounded by teal. Like when I found Lashbox and their message was perfectly imperfect, I was like, wait, this is a thing. Like I can get on board with this because (laughs) all I was doing was striving for that perfect Russian volume. And while it is beautiful and an art form and, and something that people, that other people can accomplish very easily. It was such a massive struggle for me, but I internalized it way more than I needed to. And so when I got to go, okay, these, these lash fans that we're creating and these sets that we're creating are beautiful and lovely, and they are perfectly imperfect. Like they're perfect in the ways that matter, but they're, they're slightly imperfect. It was such a great way to, to bring that into my life as well and go, I don't need to be perfection. I don't need to strive for perfection. I can be perfectly imperfect by being exactly who I am. And I will attract more people that way than I would by pretending to be something I'm not. And if anybody reads your Instagram, either your Tress Larson, your um, Lashbox LA one, or is the, what's your other Instagram, the Mark's Woman? It's Mark's Woman. Mark's Woman. And just explain the why is Mark's woman? Okay. Okay. So my trust.lashboxla is obvious. And, and that's, that's my main account. My Mark's woman account is like my baby account that I'm just nurturing a little bit because the thing is, is, is one of the biggest points in my life is I want to help people find where they're going mm-hmm. and have a target to aim for. That's not just under the success or money or lifestyle label. I want to help people find who they are becoming so that they can get there with meaning, right? So my Markswoman class um, is called Markswoman because a Markswoman is otherwise known as a sharpshooter or a, a woman who can who can hit her target, right? And so the this this class and this um this Instagram is based on learning who you are, how to hone yourself and how to take aim and how to hit that target over and over and over again. Um, so that's that's where the Markswoman label comes from. Really? I was recently in Dubai with a bunch of lovely ladies from the UK, and they were all like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense to us. So apparently people in the US are much more familiar with that term, and, and, and um, people across the way um, are not. So I've contemplated changing it, but I really no, do love it. I, I just hadn't thought about marksman. I'm obviously familiar with marksman, but I hadn't yeah. flipped it and thought markswoman. So now, of course, I get it. But yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. I like it. Thank you. And this is this is your new thing. This is so important to you. I mean, you do look like, I know that you're honest, and especially on the Markswoman account, if people read all of your posts, you're really candid, you're really honest. But, you know, you do always look immaculate. You do seem to have your shit together. But you have gone through some really crappy times, very low confidence and anxiety and You've had a, a relatively recent diagnosis diagnosis of ADHD, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you've had your struggles, and but this is in your heart now to show others. Right. So so part of what the Markswoman class is about, and it's just, it's like, it's super small and super limited. Like there are only a couple spots available every six weeks and, and that's okay because like I'm not looking for this to be huge. I'm looking to make 
a big impact on on a, a small amount of people. Um, uh, because I have I have a lot of other things to do too. And I, love, <laughs> I love it. Um, but part of this class is helping you show up as the vision of who you want to be. So for me, I want to show up pulled together. I, and it's not for anybody else. It's for my own self-confidence. I have a picture of the person that I show up confidently as, as the person who feels like she can take on the world. And a long time ago, my dad, my dad would tell me in high school, if I was just like not feeling good, or if I was on my cycle or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I needed to go to school, he would be like, get up put your nice clothes on. Cause I wanted to wear pajamas, right? Put your nice clothes on, put a suit on. Cause I had those in high school, put like, do your makeup, do your hair and go to school because it will change the way that you hold yourself that day. And it always did. It always changed it. Yeah. Was I maybe still not feeling great? Absolutely. I was feeling a heck of a lot better than if I would have been wallowing in a giant sweatshirt. I own giant sweatshirts and I love them. So don't get me wrong. (laughs) But what I'm trying to do for myself and what I'm trying to help others do is show up for themselves the way that they are capable of. So Mm -hmm. I have like stretchy suit jackets and I will throw it over a t-shirt and put some lipstick on and earrings. And I feel pulled together for the day. And I feel like I'm in my pajamas. Like it doesn't have to be extravagant, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I am like dolled up every day, Mm -hmm. but I'm showing up for myself to show up the way that I have confidence. And I want to help other people find what those like triggers are for them too. So that's fab. That kind of feeds into, through this series of podcasts, I want to ask people, my guests, some some questions each time. And you've kind of given me one of your answers there, which is basically when you're at a low ebb, not feeling like putting yourself out there, what are your three, or doesn't have to be three, but your favorite ways to boost yourself up? Now, these can be physical, emotional, mental, whether it's meditation or whatever, people will have different approaches. You've already said that putting on your face and getting out there is a a lift. It helps get you through. What else do you do? Uh, Okay. So one of the big things that I do is I encourage others through what I'm going through. So what I mean by that is I will, I'll put a post on Instagram or I'll show up on social media. Uh, and, and I'll know what I need to hear because we, we do like, if we're going through something and we go to a friend and we tell them what's on our heart and they tell us something we don't want to hear, like that's hard, right? Mm -hmm. We know what we want to hear. We know what would make us feel better, Mm -hmm. what we need to hear. So I speak to my audience because I know that if I'm having a hard day through X, Y, or Z for whatever reason, that somebody else out there is going through it too. So I'll speak to my audience with the encouragement that I need that day. And I'm very honest about that. Like I'll have people like message me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're so good at this. Like I could never be like you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm in, I'm in the hole right now. I'm telling you this because it's what I need to hear. Um, and that has been very like healing for me, you know, is, is to, I, it's, it's different than airing your dirty laundry and whining about what brought you down. Mm. Um, 
it's very different than that. It's a, it's definitely a mindset shift that we have to work on, but I figure if I'm low, somebody else is too, and they need that encouragement. And that's one of the biggest things that helps me. I love that. So do you have any tips or strategies that others might be able to try? Maybe they could try the one you just mentioned, but to in, for increasing their confidence, we, or maybe even faking it until they make it, whether this is on camera, showing up in front of their students, maybe it's just face-to-face with a new client for the first time, but it could be on the gram, on stage, or even like you on live TV, as I saw recently. (laughs) I know, I had my TV debut. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. That was so cool. I lost my voice that morning. Oh no. I didn't think I was going to, I thought I was going to croak, like sound like a frog. Yeah, on yeah. I had like a little bit of rasp by the time yeah. I got on there, but that's that sexy was though. Exhilarating. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's what my husband said. He's like, that was sexy. Um, <laughs> so I absolutely have advice. Uh, one of the things that is in my past that nobody knows because I don't talk about is I was in competitive Latin and ballroom dancing for years. I traveled the country competing and learning poise and how to hold myself mm-hmm. made me be able to walk into a room whether I felt like I belonged there or not and have everybody wonder who I am, right? Love and that. so it's this idea and like this is the most basic the most basic principle behind it. But you can impact your own self-confidence by the way you hold yourself. And it is not by putting your shoulders back so straight and your head so tall that people wonder if you're carrying around books on your head, right? What you can do is before you walk in a room, you close your eyes, mm-hmm. you take a deep breath or two, doing it now. and then you imagine that there is a string from the base of your spine all the way up through the top of your head. And so you're hold, you're sitting there. And suddenly somebody very gently pulls straight up on that string Mm -hmm. and you open your eyes and you breathe out and you walk into that room. Love it. And the way that you hold yourself when you imagine that string being there is so different than how rigidly you hold yourself when you're trying to put your shoulders back and you're trying to put on an air of confidence that isn't real for you. It's just this natural way to go, okay, I'm here and I'm, I'm willing to take up the space that I am in. And it doesn't have to be an outward, like you don't have to project it on anybody. It doesn't have to be an attitude thing. It can simply be confidence within the way that you're holding yourself. And that's like the first step. Start doing that every time you walk into a room, you'll feel different about yourself. Love that. So it's it's body language as well. It's that nonverbal kind of communication that you are just accessing there. That's fabulous. Anything else just before we go? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess for everybody listening, I would like to encourage you, if you are are hearing this, And you've imagined these things, like you've imagined these things for yourself. You've imagined walking on stage. You've put yourself in the place of imagining yourself going on a TV set or even just showing up on Instagram, like live or pre-recorded or whatever. Write those things down for yourself. Write down those goals, like write down like 10 of them, just like grab a sheet of paper, write everything down and then go through those 10 and circle the one that's most important to you right now. And take that and let that be your goal that you are going to accomplish within the next 
however long, however long I would say, I would say six weeks to three months to, to six months. You need to, it, it needs to be like a shorter term goal, not like a five years from now goal. So if the thing that you want the most, but you don't have the confidence in, to even circle it, say it's stepping up on stage, right. would you tell your client, your student to circle one that wasn't the big fat one, or would you still get them to circle the big fat one? Circle the big fat one, because then what you can do is you can transfer it to another page and you can write down all of the steps that it will take to get you to that one. Okay. If it is five years from now, because it's the, your goal is to be on TV one day. Great. That's okay. But circle the big fat one and, and take and, and write down what it would take. So your first step might be post a picture of my face on Instagram. Cause I haven't ever done that. Right. And then maybe do that once every week along with the other things that you post. And then your next goal after that could be do a video or do a live, right? And you can just write these step-by-step, like these mile markers down for what would get you there. Like confidence-wise, I would go for the big one. The other thing I would do is when I pre-record myself, I analyze the heck out of it. I will go back and I'll watch it and it is never good enough. Showing up live changed my confidence because I don't have to rewatch it back. It was already out there. People already (laughs) saw it. It's out of my control. It it might not be for everybody, but going live was like amazing for my self-confidence on, on video. That is cool. And also, you know, people are hung up on the fact that people are going to be sitting there watching and scrutinizing and pulling back going, Oh, Cress, I mean, Tress's lashes look a bit dodgy today. Or, Oh, I don't like the way she said that. Or they're not, they're too wrapped up in their own life. They haven't got the time to sit there pulling you apart. And if they have, they're not your people. You don't need them. So bye. So important. So important. I don't usually watch people and pick apart these little things that we will pick apart for ourselves. And it comes right back to you saying that we need to treat ourselves like we would treat our best friend. Mm -hmm. Imagine, imagine treating your best friend the way that you speak to yourself and imagine them just like sitting crumpled in a ball on the floor sobbing because they have no idea why you would treat them so poorly. And that's what we do to ourselves on a daily basis. Right. So like, yeah, I actually took that one further with myself because I've got girls and obviously, uh, I would never dream of saying to imagine saying to your daughter, the thing that you say to yourself about your thighs, your jowls, your saggy eyelids, your flabby arms. You imagine saying that to your daughter and what that would do to her self-esteem. Oh my God, you, uh, it's unthinkable, isn't it? Right. So the active step that you can take there is the next time you go, oh, my, my jiggly arms, right? You stop yourself. You you work on recognizing that you had that thought and you stop yourself and you go, no, that was just a thought. That is not what I need to pay attention to. That is not what needs to be true for me. I'm going to let that go. Mm-hmm. Because if we, if we don't counteract it, if we don't stop it actively and counteract it, we're, we're not going to be making pro- progress, right? We're just going to be paddling. Yeah. So if, if you are struggling with, with taking action and with making sure that the way that you talk to yourself would be the way that you would talk to your daughter or your nieces, right? 
then you've got to stop and you've got to practice going, no, that is not true. Mm -hmm. Because stopping yourself in your tracks is, is one of the first, the first things that will help you start to move forward. Mm. Oh, it's actually giving me goosebumps that I don't know. I feel all emotional all of a sudden you've just, uh, it's, it's really hard to do, but you know, it's so important that we start noticing the way that we speak to ourselves because it, most of the time or some of the time it is not okay. Right. And it'll change your life. It'll change your actual entire life. If you learn to treat yourself with love and respect and kindness, it'll change everything around you. What a way to end my first episode. Amen to that, Tress. Thank you so much. I knew this was going to be amazing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and I really look forward to seeing you at Lash Fest soon. Yes, I would. Yes. I'm coming to Dallas. I was hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I am too. Will we be on on stage together? I'm emceeing, so I'll be introducing you. I'll see you there.